I've got a question for you. Who's been changed? Who's been delivered? Who's been made brand new? If you could talk to God, guess what? He would tell you that that's you. Welcome to CBT Changed by Truth. I'm your host, Minister DK. And I'm excited to be here with the people of God to share with you something that's going to revolutionize your ears, your heart, your faith, and ultimately your life. Hey, listen, I've got a question I want to ask you. Are you ready to go deeper in God? Are you ready to find yourself in God? Do you understand that God has something for you that he has for nobody else? And it's important for you to open the eyes of your faith and heart and find what God is trying to get you to live in. So like I said, CBT Changed by Truth. I'm your host, Minister DK. And this is a new day. It's a new faith. And God is going to lead you and I in a new way. Stay tuned. God bless you. Let's get busy. God bless you, people of God. Well, welcome again to CBT Changed by Truth. I'm your host, Minister DK, and I'm ecstatic and excited to be here to share with you something that's going to change, I know for a fact, and by faith, your life. Um, I, I want to ask a question. You know, that's what I, that's what I do. I ask questions. Um, how do you as a believer overcome calamity, trauma, the devil, attack, and darkness? How do you overcome it? Is there really a way uh, to overcome the adversities of life? You know, I, I talk to a lot of people and surprisingly, if I can keep it real with you, there's a great difference between talking to a believer or a Christian about overcoming the hardships of life and talking to a non-believer about overcoming the hardships of life. When you talk to a non-believer about overcoming the hardships of life, they really have a nonchalant attitude. Watch this. They really don't care. And that is the attitude that the Lord wants us as believers to have. The only difference is, is that the non-believer or the heathen or the person who does not know God, they have the right attitude, but they don't have the insurance or the foundation to have that attitude because they don't know Jesus. So the Lord said, I've overcome the world. So that makes us as believers victorious. But when I talk to the believer about overcoming trials and tribulations, they don't have that attitude of not being concerned. We have the attitude of it's the devil's fault or it's so-and-so's fault. And we have a lot of things and antics and procedures that we have to do to become victorious in a trial that we're already victorious in. And so in this episode, I'm going to talk about a subject that I've never heard anyone talk about. And maybe it's just because of the way I see things, but I want to talk about victory through perfect 
death. One more time. Victory through or by the means of perfect death. Father, we bless you and we give you the glory. We thank you for another opportunity, God, to share with you. I pray for my sister and my brother. I pray, God, that you massage their heart, stimulate their mind. And open and prepare their faith. God, you said in you, we live, move and we have our being. You said, God, without you. Mm, we could do nothing but with you all things are possible. I pray in this episode, God, that you will reveal to the people of God that there really is no struggle, no battle. We just have to come into alignment and take our position in you. And then we'll see the victory and the life we're supposed to have with you. In the name of Jesus, I decree it and declare it so by the power and the word of God. Amen and amen. So now it's going to be a little different. I want you while you're sitting there and listening, I want you to capture in your mind one of the hardest trials, heartaches, disappointments, calamitous things that you've ever been through. I want you to capture that thing and think about it for a minute. Think about it in terms of what you went through, how you felt, how much you cried, how much you were hurt. And be honest with yourself. Did you really feel God in that moment? Did you even know God? Or, or did you get caught up in your emotions and your flesh to the point being Many of us just responded out of our flesh. What I mean by that, we didn't pay any attention to our spirit, to our discipline in God. We duct taped our spirit, man, and we got down and took a ride and did a 187 with our old man, our flesh. Yeah, that's what it boils down to. So now the question I want to ask you is that, is it really possible? To come up on something that tries you on your life or in your life. And get, and get the victory over it. You know, in my life, um, I've encountered many things that have disappointed me and caught me off guard. And I wasn't always spiritual with it. I ain't gonna lie to you. I was never always spiritual with these things. Some things I, I responded to what I heard or I responded to what was done to me concerning that individual, that situation, that employment, bill collector, whatever the case may be. And the truth of it is, we as the people of God, we take so many things into our own power and strength and only mess up our life because we have not the power to fix, watch this, what God has ordained to break us. Did you catch what I said? We try to fix situations and some situations are not even situations. They are tests and they are situations that God has ordered for our life to break us. So we can get in alignment. To be victorious. Well, how do we as a believer now overcome situations that come to belittle us? damage us or drop us. Many of you listen to me have gotten news from the doctor that it was not a good report. I know what it's like to wake up and 
your vehicle has been repossessed. I know what it is to go to work and uh, they just decided to lay you off because mm, they just didn't need you no more. I've been through a lot of things in my life where I just seemed like I couldn't breathe. Like, God, is this going to ever end? How long does this go on? And what's weird about it, people of God, is that when we go through these things, we're saved. Which lets you know being saved does not omit you from the struggle of life. So now here's the thing. What is it that God wants from us? In these trials and tribulations that he has ordained for our life. What is it that God is trying to get us to do? <clears throat> well, I want to look at um, a situation in the Bible. I want to take it from the caption of the life of Jesus so we can see this thing. I'm not going to be with you long. I told you I'm trying to shorten these down so I don't lose you. Jesus had reached the apex of his ministry and he had his 12 disciples and they were in the upper room and he was sitting there and they was at the last supper. You know, you could smell the lamb, the roasted, bitter herbed lamb. You could smell that fresh bread smell and they were all together in unity. And Jesus made a statement. He said. One of you in here is going to betray me. You know, that's really some news to be getting while you're eating with the Lord of Lords. And, you know, we can't say that Jesus is tripping. Maybe he had a little too much to drink because we know that he is the son of God. He said, one of you are going to betray me in here. And what's powerful is that he made that statement. And he had already washed the feet of the one that would betray him or he got ready to wash the feet. Could you let me ask you a question? No, if you had information that somebody close to you that shared the same table with you, that came over your house and ate with you, that hung out and went out to dinner with you, that worshiped with you, that went to the same church with you, if you had the information that they were going to stab you in your back or betray you, wouldn't you have the power now to look at them as you've always looked at them before you knew that information. Get on your knees now and wash their feet. Could you do it? Could you get past how you felt betrayed and wash the feet of that individual? Him knowing what he's going to do you knowing what he's going to do. And then Jesus did something incredible. Jesus tells Judas at the table to go do what you're going to do and do it quickly. Would you have that kind of power? Because a lot of us who claim the name of Jesus don't understand the logic of Satan and the angle that he comes in. See, there's a thing that people don't preach about much now. They don't talk about it. And I'm getting ready to 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 announce it to you. The most powerful weapon that a Christian can have. It is not a prayer life, which a prayer life is powerful and it's a good thing to have. It's not a fasting life, although fasting is a good thing to have. It's not reading the Bible uh, every three days, although you should be filled now and established in the word. It's not having a life of worship, 
although you need to continue to worship all the time so you can stay in tune now with the spirit of God. So then I guess you're saying, brother, what is the thing that we need to have above all things? The thing that a believer needs to have above all things is called crucified flesh. Now, God, it's a daily procedure to crucify the thing that stimulates your memory, your emotions, your heart. That causes you to remember things that hurt you, that damaged you, that scarred you, that broke you. Satan has a way of causing the people of God to remember. Ah, it's the truth. Let me let me say this to you. There's no way Satan can cause you to come alive in your flesh if he reminds you or gets you to focus on something that's in front of you, your future, what God's going to do, what you're expecting. Think about it. He never comes at you in that angle. But the angle that he comes to you with is what's behind you, what you've suffered with, what you've done, how you've been done, how you feel, what you're afraid of, what you escaped, what you have not been tried by, what you struggle with. And so he understands this. And we as the people of God have to get to the place where we know how to move and operate daily in the anointing of crucified flesh. Glory to God. I pray you get this because if you have had issues and you've suffered consequences, it's not because you were a bad person or maybe you were, but mainly it's because you operated in awakened flesh. Flesh that is sensitive. Flesh that can feel. Flesh that remembers. Flesh that is strong. Flesh that has power. Glory to God. And so I ask you the question, how did Jesus then? Prepare himself to enter into the life, the life of being the redemptive power for mankind. When he sat at a table and ate with mankind that would abandon him, betray him and leave him in his darkest hour. <laughs> Are you ready for this? Watch this. So let's jump back into the story. So Judas now, he tells Judas, go do what you're going to do and do it quickly. He knew what Judas was going to do. Watch this. But he also knew what Jesus was born and purposed to do. See, sometimes people do you the way they do. It's not because they don't like you, but it's because God now has ordained a work to be done for you to you, in you, so it can birth out of you what's inside of you. And Judas goes and he gets the Roman soldiers and he tells them, when we get back to the garden, I'm going to kiss the one that is the Messiah as a sign so you can take him into custody. When they came, people of God, listen to me. When they came to the garden and Judas goes up and he kisses Jesus, kisses him with the kiss of betrayal as soon as he did that 
they arrested Jesus. Now watch this, because we don't talk about it. When they arrested Jesus and took him into custody, it wasn't pretty. It was a struggle because Jesus had his boys in the garden and the Roman soldiers was in the garden. So there was a fight and Peter drew out his sword. And when the man grabbed Jesus, uh, Judas now, I'm sorry, Peter now took his sword and he cut the man's ear off. Jesus reaches down, picks the man's ear up and puts it back on his face and he heals him. Tells Peter, if you live by the sword, you die by the sword. He said, if I needed, if, if I have a thousand legions of angels that could come down and rescue me from this place, from this problem, from this situation. He says, I can move all of heaven on my regard. If I just look up and call them, they will come and take me away from this. Listen, people of God. But what Jesus understood, although what I'm getting ready to go through don't feel good. It's going to hurt me. I've never felt this kind of pain before. I have to now get in the position of crucified flesh. And Jesus now surrenders his life here we go into the hand of the government into the hand of the fbi into the hand of the law into the hand in the custody of the roman soldiers so my question to you was is that how do we overcome now tragedy and heartache and attack because our first nature is that when attack comes, it wakens and it sensitizes your flesh and causes you to move now in the dimension of your humanity and ignore the power in the life of your divinity. How do we overcome? We have to get into the position of perfect death. And Jesus reveals this when he submits himself. Watch this. Unto the law when he had broke no law, he commits himself into the hands of the police and he had broken no crime. He had broken no law. He had done no crime. Sometimes people of God, the hardest thing you're going to ever have to do to overcome your flesh and submit to perfect death is surrender when you're innocent. Surrender. When you want to rebel, surrender. When you have no reason to be involved, but you give yourself. The hardest thing for a seed to do is to have the faith to be laid into a hole. Which looks like a grave for him and then covered up. Many of us will never bring forth the power of God. Because we never get in the position of being perfect death. The enemy is very intelligent. Very intelligent. If he can sensitize your mind, he can, he can, he can strengthen your flesh. If he can remind you of your past, you will forget your future. If he can interrogate and interrogate and interrogate, if he can, uh, if he can interrogate you and cause you to defend yourself. You will never let the blood of Jesus speak for yourself. He's very smart. 
When a dog runs out on you, initially he's running out on you with such force and such teeth and he's growling to make you jump. And if you jump and you run, he's going to have his way with you. Because when you jump and run now, you leave perfect death. And you go into active flesh. I was watching a movie the other day with one of the friends of mine and this lady was in the water and she was swimming and she was going back to the shore on this island and there was this big grizzly bear and he was going through her camp. She never got out of the water. She just started hollering at the bear. And I'm like, girl, you need to be quiet because bears can swim. They can swim. And she had a friend that, that crashed with her on the island, but he was dead. He had been dead a couple of days and she had the body in a certain place. And so the bear was eating up what little food she had left. And then the bear went over to her friend and she got emotional and she started hollering in her flesh. Get out of here. Get out of here. Ah, she was hollering at the bear. And she thought that the bear was going to eat her friend. And while we we're watching this, the guy that I was looking at the movie with, he said, I thought the bear was going to eat her friend. And I said, what you don't understand about bears, which represents the destroyer, they don't eat anything that's already dead. They kill their prey and then they'll eat it. But if a bear runs up on something that's dead, he don't bother it. I tell you that to tell you this, that the power, God help me say this right, that the power to overcome attack and trauma and the attack of the enemy in your life is to now take the position of perfect death because the devil cannot kill what is already dead. His issue is to get you to live in your flesh so you won't live in your spirit. Did you catch what I said? We are the dead in Christ. We live and move and have our being in Christ. You have to get to a point that you understand that if you're ever going to see the victory in your life, you only see the victory in your life through now the accomplished work of Jesus Christ in your life. Glory to God. So on your job. When somebody cuts you off in traffic, when you get fired, when your neighbor throws his middle finger up at you, when somebody says something racial to you in the grocery store, when somebody approaches you and they're off in their right mind, their left mind, and they're even having no mind. Whenever something approaches you, you have to understand that you now have the opportunity to see the power of God move when you take the position of perfect death. And when you take the position of perfect death, I pray you catch this. The reason why perfect death is important, because if you now die to your flesh, there always comes a resurrection. And that's when you live. You live in the power of God. You live in the spirit of God. You live in the will of God. You live in the, the, the inclination and the, the will of God. That's where we live. The Bible says in the flesh is no good thing. Glory to Jesus. Oh, it's not an easy thing to do, but I'm telling you, it can be done. We should be looking for the opportunities to die in a situation.
Because when you die, God takes you as a dead seed and he plants you in that situation because you won't respond. He covers you up with the dirt of that situation so you can be familiar with what's going on. And then he causes you to rise up through the situation because now you have the answer for the situation. There is nothing too hard for God. There is nothing that God cannot deal with. We just have to remember that we are now children of God. who operate through perfect death. That's where you see God. That's how you overcome the enemy. That's where you have your victory yet. God bless you. Father, I thank you. Give these people the revelation, understanding of who they are in you, that they would know and never forget. Give them glory and I thank you and cover them in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. people of God, listen, the time is coming where God is going to use you. And I just want to encourage you before your number and your name is called, when your time comes now to glorify God, that you understand there's only one position that you can take to bring glory to God and see the fruit of your life as a benefit to others. And you have to learn how to take the position of perfect death where you understand that God is truly in control and it's okay to be consumed by the world because he himself has already overcome the world. When you forget what Jesus has done, you think that's what's been done to you will destroy you. But it's in him that we live, move, and have our being. It's in him that we have healing. It's in him, his death, his spirit, that we have the victory. So be encouraged today and understand this. It's just not enough to read the word of God. You have to understand it. It's just not enough to have a prayer life. You have to live in that life. It's just not enough to know that you're saved. You have to be willing now to help God save someone if you're truly saved. And that's done when you bring yourself into a position to understand that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So be encouraged. Let go, let God, and watch the glory of God come in and take you to a place that you've never seen before, a place that's been prepared for you, a place that God is waiting for you to take your seat at his table because he's proud of you. Be encouraged. God loves you. I love you. Remember, every opportunity that you come into with somebody you know or don't know is the opportunity for you to take the position of perfect death. God bless you.